everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on March 5th, 2021. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Brian DeBruin, the Director of Operations for the Colorado Hydrogen Network. You know, in each episode of the Hydrogen Nowcast, through interviews with various stakeholders, we bring you news and information about hydrogen technology and infrastructure. But what we also do is to integrate this data to provide insight and perspective into where the technology currently is and suggest where it's likely to go. So to help provide insight and perspective, the Colorado Hydrogen Network has created a series of what we're calling tech briefs, which take the form of documents that are available on the Colorado Hydrogen Network website. In the last episode, we presented the first tech brief titled Addressing Environmental Criticisms of Hydrogen. And that tech brief shows how necessary hydrogen is in our new energy system that replaces fossil fuels, and that hydrogen is not only environmentally friendly, but is critically needed. It also shows why hydrogen is essential to meet environmental justice concerns in our new zero carbon energy system as we strive to make the costs and benefits of the energy transition fair to all the socioeconomic groups. Today, I'm going to present an overview of three more tech briefs. These tech briefs are essentially white papers, which are created in PowerPoint slide format. Now, you can download the presentations from the Colorado Hydrogen Network website at www dot colorado-hydrogen.org slash resources. If you're not familiar with the term white paper, Wikipedia defines a white paper as a report or guide that informs readers concisely about a complex issue and presents a perspective on the matter. It's meant to help readers understand an issue, resolve a problem, or to make a decision. Now, the subjects of the three new tech briefs are transporting and storing hydrogen, sources of hydrogen, and understanding electric vehicles. You know, things are changing rapidly in the world of hydrogen, and we all not only need to stay informed, but we need to update our opinions weekly to accommodate the changing technology. So let's start with an overview of the tech brief that's entitled Understanding Electric Vehicles. Now, there are, of course, two types of electric vehicles fuel cell EVs, and battery EVs. Unfortunately, because in many places only battery EVs are deployed, many people have adopted the convention of calling battery EVs simply EVs. And unfortunately, this makes many people think that this is the only type of EV that there is. Now, I think first we should really define what we mean by electric vehicle or EV. An EV simply is a vehicle propelled by an electric motor. Now, the energy to drive that motor can come from batteries or a fuel cell. Now, batteries and fuel cells are similar in that they both produce an electric current. However, they're different in how the energy gets into the battery or into the fuel cell. You know, energy is put into a battery, of course, by charging with an electric current. Uh, this is a relatively slow process because it's limited by such things as heat, which is generated when an electrical current passes through conductors. Now, the power delivered to the battery can be increased by increasing either the voltage or the current or both. 
But voltage is also limited by such things as shock hazard and arcing. Now, in contrast to a battery, it's a fuel cell. Its energy is continuously supplied by a flow of hydrogen. In a fuel cell, when hydrogen is combined with oxygen from the air, an electrical current is produced. Because the fuel cell is not relying on energy stored within it, it can operate indefinitely. Now, of course, on a vehicle, the hydrogen is drawn from a tank that will eventually need refilling, but this only takes a few minutes. The other big difference between battery EV and a fuel cell EV is that the fuel cell is relatively unaffected by cold temperatures. However, this is not the case for batteries, which lose output when it's cold. Additionally, on a battery EV, all the heat to warm the cabin has to be generated using battery power. Now, these two effects have a significant impact on the range of the battery EV, dropping it by 30 to 50% in cold weather, according to uh, American Automobile Association, or AAA, study. On a fuel cell EV, there is some waste heat produced by the fuel cell, which can be used to heat the cabin. Now, this waste heat from the fuel cell is the reason that battery EVs are more efficient uh, than fuel cell EVs. Now, the last significant difference between a battery EV and a fuel cell EV is that the fuel cell is expected to last the life of the vehicle. However, current battery technology is expected to last only around half the life of the vehicle. And unfortunately, batteries are quite expensive on the order of $10,000 or more. Also, the batteries degrade gradually, which means that the range of the vehicle is decreasing in the later years of battery life. So that summarizes the Understanding EVs tech brief. I expect that uh, most of this information is probably familiar to regular listeners of the podcast. However, you might find uses for this tech brief to supply information to others, perhaps friends shopping for a new vehicle. Next, let's review the tech brief titled Sources of Hydrogen. Until fairly recently, hydrogen had to be created either through the splitting of water molecules with electricity, which is a process known as electrolysis, or by extracting it from fossil fuels in a process called steam methane reforming. So in essence, hydrogen was made from other forms of energy, so itself it wasn't considered an energy source. However, there's been some recent developments that allow hydrogen to actually become a source of energy. So the first hydrogen source is the discovery that underground pockets of hydrogen occur in nature all over the world. The process that generates hydrogen is believed to be ongoing and continuous, which means we can consider this source to be renewable. Now, sources of geological hydrogen have been accidentally discovered from time to time over the centuries, but have not been exploited. One of the most famous is a hydrogen vent in the country of Turkey. Um, this is a continuously burning gas seep at Chimera near Antalya, Turkey, has been known for more than 2,500 years and is actually believed to be the source of the first Olympic flame. There's a scientific paper on this called The Occurrence and Geoscience of Natural Hydrogen. Uh, I'm putting a copy of that along with these tech briefs up on the CHN website, so you can download that and take a look at it. The other recent source of hydrogen is the extraction of zero carbon hydrogen from old petroleum wells. Now we covered this in the November 12, 2020 podcast, where we interviewed Proton Technologies. In this process, oxygen is pumped into existing petroleum wells, which creates a controlled burn underground called fire flood. Hydrogen is released from the petroleum, and only pure hydrogen 
is brought up through the well bore using a palladium filter. That's a, a metal, palladium. Now, carbon dioxide is generated in the process, but it remains locked underground in the rocks. This process could be considered steam methane reforming underground, but no carbon is released to the atmosphere. And because it uses a finite resource, this process is not considered renewable. Therefore, the hydrogen created with this process would be defined as blue hydrogen. And blue hydrogen basically means it doesn't release carbon dioxide, but you have to sequester that carbon dioxide and it's not from a renewable resource. So it's important to note that this process works really well with abandoned and spent petroleum wells. Now, these wells are often abandoned because they no longer produce petroleum of sufficient quality or quantity to be economically viable. However, these wells are actually ideal candidates to be converted to produce hydrogen. Now, the sources of Hydrogen Tech Brief shows a map of Colorado with over 20,000 of these abandoned wells. Now, of course, this tech brief also illustrates how electrolysis is used to generate hydrogen by using water and renewable energy from wind and solar. So another page of information in this tech brief is a table showing that the electric grid and batteries are not enough to substitute for all the things that we currently use fossil fuels for. However, with the addition of hydrogen, all use cases can be supported. In other words, to replace all the functions of fossil fuels, renewable electricity needs support from hydrogen. This um, Sources of Hydrogen Tech Brief also answers the question, why hydrogen? You know, hydrogen is a portable and storable form of renewable electricity because, of course, hydrogen can be made from electricity and water in an electrolyzer and turned back into electricity in a fuel cell. Now, the third tech brief is entitled Transporting Hydrogen. You know, hydrogen is a difficult material to transport and store because it takes up so much volume. And this is because at room temperature, the repulsive forces between the hydrogen molecules exceed the attractive forces. So this means that to contain many hydrogen molecules in a given space has to be stored at either very high pressure or liquefied. However, liquefying hydrogen requires a large amount of energy because the temperature has to be dropped very, very low to about minus 252 degrees Celsius or minus 421 degrees Fahrenheit. And this is only a few degrees above absolute zero. What's worse is that even in the best insulated containers, the liquid hydrogen will warm up and boil off. So some of the hydrogen can be lost during transit and storage. Now, fortunately, there have been ways developed to pack more hydrogen molecules into the same space. These involve combining hydrogen with other materials, which in effect cancel the repulsive forces of the hydrogen molecules. You know, as counterintuitive as it sounds, actually adding something to the hydrogen makes it take less space. And this is because hydrogen on its own has a lot of empty space between the molecules. So one of the common ways to pack hydrogen more densely is to combine the hydrogen with nitrogen from the air. And this actually forms ammonia, which is NH3. Now, liquid ammonia can be stored at ambient temperatures at around 150 PSI or 10 bars of pressure. However, energy is lost converting hydrogen to ammonia and converting ammonia back to hydrogen. But still, the cost of the energy loss may be less than the difference in storage and transport costs for gaseous hydrogen. 
Two other ways that hydrogen can be made more dense is by combining it with either a liquid organic hydrogen carrier or a metal hydride. Now, liquid organic hydrogen carriers, or LOHC, are organic compounds that can absorb and release hydrogen through chemical reactions. Examples of liquid organic hydrogen carriers are toluene and dibenzyl toluene. Now, dibenzyl toluene is a common oil that's used in industry for heat transfer, such as in transformers. So the process is that the hydrogen is combined with the LOHC using a catalyst and some heat. The hydrogen is extracted from the LOHC again using a catalyst and some heat. The disadvantage to this process is that machinery is needed to both hydrogenate or charge the LOHC and dehydrogenate or discharge it. However, LOHCs can hold seven times the hydrogen per the same volume of high-pressure hydrogen gas. Another advantage to using LOHCs is that the LOHC, both on its own or charged with hydrogen, is very non-flammable and is actually stable at ambient temperatures and pressure. That means that LOHC combined with hydrogen can be stored or transported using existing petroleum tanker trucks and storage tanks. So this could be useful for converting existing gasoline and diesel fuel stations to hydrogen stations. Another method for packing more hydrogen into the same space is to combine the hydrogen with what's called a metal hydride. The metal hydride can be thought of like a sponge, which holds about four times the hydrogen per volume as 700 bar compressed hydrogen gas. Now, the work to find the most practical metal hydrides uh, is continuing with the U.S. Uh, Department of Energy and with the U.S. National Renewable Energy Labs, or NREL. However, companies such as Kubagen, that's spelled K-U-B-A-G-E-N, in the U.K., are working to bring these hydrides to market. And uh, actually, I intend to feature Kubagen on a future podcast. So the last method we need to talk about for moving hydrogen is, of course, pipelines. But pipelines, as well as storage tanks, you know, hydrogen presents problems. Hydrogen can attack steel in a process known as embrittlement. And also, hydrogen molecules are extremely tiny, and they can leak through fittings, which are otherwise capable of containing other gases. But fortunately, there are solutions. Polymer pipes, which do contain a metal layer, can be used to transport hydrogen. There's at least one company called Smart Pipe, which is developing pipes suitable for hydrogen. And I intend to also feature Smart Pipe on a future podcast. So for moving energy around, hydrogen pipelines may actually be a lower cost alternative to the expansion of the electrical grid. Also, the public's going to be more accepting of pipelines than they are of new overhead transmission lines because the pipelines are buried and out of sight. So this concludes an overview of the three tech briefs that are available on the Colorado Hydrogen Network website, which is again at www.colorado-hydrogen.org resources. I hope you'll take a look and that you find the information useful. So listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. Also, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.